Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Dad Vengers podcast, sponsored by Tonka, because being tough is all about getting out and playing. My name's Nigel Clark and I'm founder of Dad Vengers and host of this wonderful parenting podcast where we explore different aspects of parenting and hone in on the dad point of view. But it's not just about the dads. Mums, grandparents, carers, soon-to-be parents, we want you involved in the conversation too. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, please, please, please subscribe. It's so important because we can only continue to have important conversations like this if we can prove you're out there listening and subscribing is the best way to let us know. So let's talk, let's laugh, let's share the things we find difficult and become the type of dads we really want to be. This week's guest is an inspirational mum. Having always wanted to be a parent, she decided to take the leap and become a solo mum. She saw a donor and had an amazing little boy and she isn't scared to share her highs and lows in her parenting journey on social media and in her book. I am so pleased to welcome to the podcast, Liv Thorne, AKA Lives Alone. Hello, hello. I'm very happy to be called inspirational. You are inspirational. I'm, I'm here for that. You are totally inspirational. The thing is, no, no, the thing is, right, there will be parents, not parents, there will be people out there who want to be parents. Yes. Who will take inspiration from what you've done. You will give them the inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to take the step like Liv did. Yeah, okay, okay, I'll I'll take it. I'm inspirational. Put it this way. (laughs) I've spoken to people who have listened to you on podcasts, read your book and they're 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 like nearly ready to make decisions no way you see that's vaguely that's as amazing as it is terrifying because obviously you can't go around telling people to have kids because it's not like (laughs) it's not like oh go and have steak for supper or treat yourself it's like it's a kid so totally I love I love that because that's why I talk about it so that people don't feel that it's something entirely alien to them or something so far out of their reach that they can't make it happen for them if they if that's the journey they need to go down but equally it's not like I'm there going parenting's easy go wild (laughs) it's like I've got to have that sort of social responsibility that you know yeah I realize that people aren't just going oh she did it I'll do it but you know it's still terrifying that um I'm part of such a huge not part of sorry that's not the right word, is it? Like you say, uh, 
um, tangible part, uh, thoughts process in someone's decision. When you're in the public eye, now whether that be public eye due to the fact that you do social media or you write a book yes. or you're a TV presenter or whatever it is, you are visible to people. Yeah, 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 yeah. And naturally, when you're in that space, people will say, if someone there is doing it, maybe I can do it. Yes, yeah. And it just sparks that thought. And I think, I, I think personally that in this day and age, it's great to see people taking, and I don't really like this word that much, but the non-conventional oh, Yeah, yeah, no, ways 100%. Of, because it is non-conventional. And I agree, I hate saying that because it's a bit trite, but actually we still grew up in a time where it was mum and dad and 2.4 children. So still we're of that generation where anything different to that norm is different to that norm. And therefore, yeah, as hideous and sort of Instagrammy those, you know, non-traditional journey words are um they're kind of true and and i'm hoping that they're not true in the next generation where it's not deemed quite so wild to do something that is slightly out of the norm the thing is i have so many hopes for the next generation and i think oh, no, i've got too many for them the poor <laughs> kids man i tell you you know you're like sorry i've got another hope for you yeah exactly but i think I think Dad Vengers and what the whole thing that we've set up here is yeah. is part of that. It's about um, supporting parents, providing you know views on other things, so that they can educate their kids and be there for their kids, and just provide a space where their kids can be hopefully better than we are. I know, no, and also it's re I find it. I think it's really important that dads have that space too because I'm so aware of how mum-centric parenting is, which I realise is ridiculous coming from me because there is no dad in the equation, but but it must feel odd when there are men thinking, I'm finding it really hard too, you know, but it's often focused on the mum. What I love about that, that and what you've just said is, maybe, and this is just me spitballing at this moment. Love it, go for it. Maybe... The fact that you haven't got a man in your life mm. means that you're a little bit more hypersensitive to, yeah, to, to wanting and needing it. Like, yeah. And when I say wanting and needing, I mean making sure that Herb can see yeah. different aspects of, of um, parenting. Yeah. And a parent who has a partner who's a man might just switch that bit off and be like, oh, I'm with the mums, I'm with the girls. He'll get 100%. that. They're not even thinking that. I, I think I do see sometimes the other side of um, my friends' relationships because of that, because I am both hats, um, you know, and that's, which is great as much as it's hard and stuff. It is, yeah, it means that I can't let anyone else down, or, well, apart from her, obviously, but in a relationship. Um, and I see that the people, everyone, whoever you are in that parenting world, you need to talk about it because, well, you might not, you might, no, no, you're right. I'm, I'm, no, Christ, you, you do. I needed to talk about, you know, there are things that just blew my mind that I hadn't thought of before I was a parent. Um, and the thought, and I, as ridiculous as this sounds, the thought of not having Instagram as a community for me when I was in that, that mental space, I would have been so lonely. Um, 
because actually as much as it gets a bad rap there's really good corners of the internet where you can feel that there are other people like you or there are people struggling or there are people that couldn't breastfeed or there are people that can't you know whatever it is in parenting is a different thing every day isn't it and and you don't feel as alone which is wild to say that about the internet did did you find then during your the process did you find people online that you could talk to and supported you and gave you advice or you saw written pieces? Yeah, not, not so much at the beginning, mm. um, which is why I decided to write about it and stuff, because I figured there must be other people like me. I couldn't, I'm not that special that I was <laughs> the only person in the world, you know, and you're like, <laughs> for the love of God. Um, so yeah, I, I figured there must be other people and so that's why I wanted to talk about it. So if there, when there were, they'd find another voice just to, talking about it really candidly, um, yeah. and not. And whilst I've got boundaries, I am very open about everything. Yeah, you know, there are some things I don't talk about, but equally, I made that decision to be as open as I can be, so that people see the whole, the whole thing, and it's not just oh, isn't he a nice kid? yeah he's cool but kids often are but they're also really hard <laughs> yeah they are we're gonna get into all of that i'm here for what you're doing as well i'm here for the fact that you're um opening the world of of being a donor parent um up so that other people can just have access to the knowledge access that's, that's all i want I mean. is access i don't you know i don't want people to think that it's all shining great and you know but to have access to what it is like is what I want to achieve. That's why I wrote the book. That's why I have the blog. Blah, blah, blah. Now, throughout this little chat that we're going to have, I'm going to dip off and, and pick out some questions that we've had sent to you. And I think this is a good point for one that we've had from DML1812, who says, um, how did you first introduce the idea of a donor? To into your, into into your way of thinking, world. yeah, into your world, into your um, way of thinking. Well, it always, it started as a joke, like in the, in my twenties when all of my friends, my friends started having kids in their twenties, so um, it was, and I was still single, and so I was like, oh, isn't this funny that everyone else is getting married and having kids and la la la, and then by the time I was at 27, 28, it was like, oh my god, I'm gonna get a turkey baster and just get a donor. <laughs> isn't that the funniest <laughs> thing you've ever heard in your life? And then suddenly. That joke wasn't that funny anymore as I was getting older and older. I was like, oh, okay, maybe I should look into sperm donation. Um, and so that's literally it. I, at the beginning, I thought it was a joke and that no one did it. And it wasn't really a thing that a normal girl like me could do. And then I was like, oh, I've got to look into this actually, because I really want to be a mum and nothing else is happening. So do you remember that first time that you did that? The first time you, you, went online yeah because beforehand I'd acknowledged it in my you know when something's hard and you acknowledge it in your head but you don't really look over the parapet because it's just too, <laughs> too terrifying scary. yeah yeah and so I kept acknowledging it and then was like no and then another friend would have a baby and I'd be like oh god and then another friend would have a baby and it, it gets to the stage where as opposed to being thrilled for your friends you become really selfish about your emotions and you it's all about you. them being pregnant is all about your sadness, which is a really way to live. Mm. Um, and so 
yeah, I was at a friend's party and, and I was just crying in the middle of this party. And my best friend just looked at me with that, you know, that sort of knowing you got to do Live. something, kid. Live. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, yeah, Live. I do. I've got to stop pretending. And so I went home that day and was like Googling just weird stuff um because I didn't know where to start where do you start like who buys sperm online <laughs> like I didn't didn't even know it was a thing and then suddenly there I was buying sperm online literally I didn't know it was a thing until no. I started following your journey <laughs> and no. then I was like oh, oh wow it's literally an add to basket online e-commerce shopping experience add it's, to basket well actually <laughs> even worse Nigel it's add to pram the icon the bar oh, I'm not no. kidding I'm not kidding. The basket icon was a pram. Yeah. Oh my yeah. days. You know, like I don't know whether that's horrific or genius. It's a little bit of both, isn't it? Isn't it? Because it's a bit sinister. <laughs> and also it's a bit sort of um uh, jovial, but something yeah. so epic. It like, is epic. Yeah. How did you know? that you were ready at that time apart from the crying how did and... you know you were ready to be a parent like yeah this is this is this is exactly it yeah i think that's just a thing that and again my friends have had children when we from us being quite young and my brothers and sisters much older than me so i've been an auntie since i was 12 so there's always been kids in my life and people have always said you're never ready like you're never ready and i kind of knew that and that was a bit hiding behind the parapet again, like, oh, I'm not ready, I'm only 37 and I'm single. And, and then suddenly it's like, I'm 37 and I'm single. Uh, I've kind of got to be ready. Who's ready? Who, like, no one's ready. No one's ever ready. No, no one's, one's ever, ever ready. ready. And I dare say I probably wasn't, but equally I had to throw myself out there at that stage or I wouldn't have done it or my body wouldn't have allowed me because I would have was going... Oh, you know, that's the sad fact of nature is as women, we've only got a finite amount of time. And that could have been, I could be that I got could get pregnant at 46, but I didn't want to keep risking that. So um yeah, I started there and then. But yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't, yeah, I don't think I'm ready now. And he's four yeah, and a but... half. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> I've no idea what's happening on a day-to-day -day basis. Just take it day by day. Day by get day. Get to the end of the day. Have a little cry, yes. go to bed, wake up. Wake up again and hope they're in a good Start mood. Start again. <laughs> hope they're in a good mood and hope school is open. It's like, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Once you'd made the decision, did you, did you experience any negative comments? Any, because like we said before, non-conventional. Some people aren't very good with non-conventional. Mm -hmm. And when I'm asking that question as well, mm -hmm. Uh, what were the men like as well okay so and I say this with oh, um tapping wood touching what do you call it yeah 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 touch wood touch wood, touch touch wood. wood. Yeah, yeah. I've never had a troll or anyone say anything unpleasant or unkind to me except for I there was once an article um I was promoting the book in the Daily Mail mm. oh, lovely paper deliberately <laughs> like I had a real issue with my publisher they said we've got you this spread in the mail and I was like I don't want to do it and they understandably because they're about sales whereas I was about my mental health and my son 
uh, they were like, well, it's a great platform. And I spoke to some other friends and they were like, Liv, you can't keep talking to people that read The Guardian because you're preaching to the converted type thing. Not necessarily The Guardian, but you know what I mean? I know um, what you mean. Not The Daily Mail. And it's true. I had to sort of, there's no point in me just saying to nice people who are open to not the norm, uh, you know, patting me on the back and telling me what a wonderful decision I've made. And if I was going to help other people, I needed for their dad to see it, to see that there are other routes that have, his daughter could take or, you know. And so, yeah, and I, of course, I didn't look in the comment section on the Daily Mail because I'm not an idiot. But weirdly, people sent me screenshots of it. Like, why would you put that in my life? But anyway, so that's the only time. But that's understandable. I knew that was going to happen. And I didn't enter into it. And that's there. It's not any of my business. And most of that was about the fact they didn't like his name. It wasn't about anything else. You know, and you're like, what's that got to do with anything? You're absolutely insane. Um, yeah, people want to have so much control over your life, don't they? And then once, there w- it was a man actually who said ages ago, like he was a, that was in the Telegraph, I think. And he said, you you're talking about a child as if you're buying a handbag. Like, then, you, then you're not reading it properly. Like, and yet, if I make light of it, of course I make light of it because it's a really terrifying thing and I'm trying to make it feel not terrifying to other people. Um, and also, life's not always so frigging serious. Like, That's the thing. I mean, in the most serious of situations, if you can't find at least a moment of lightness, of respite. You're not going to get through. You won't get through. You're not going to get through. Um, and that's the same with grief and everything like that. I've always found humour in that kind of thing because you kind of have to to get through it. So, yeah, so that's the only negativity I've really had. Um, and I'm sure some people don't agree with it, but that's cool. Like, I possibly don't agree with some things they do. That's how the world kind of turns. But as long as you're not projecting any crap into my world have a lovely day you know so yeah I've been really lucky but if I, when I've been speaking to male friends about it their main reaction is they get giggly because when you talk about sperm men are just like <laughs> you know like oh yeah <laughs> and I think it's because in in the UK especially I don't know anywhere else but we don't talk about things like that like women talk about smear tests a bit now but not so much we talk about periods more than we did with you know whereas men don't ever really talk about that sort of thing and, and and you never sort of you'd never say about whether your sperm motility is good because you wouldn't know because it's unlikely that you've ever had it tested so whenever you mention sperm to men uh, it's always a bit like as if you're yeah. being really naughty I can totally see that because it would be like going back to school. It's like going back to school when you first start talking in school about, you know, reproduction or this or that. They all get giggly, everyone in the class, boys and girls. And it it all gets silly because we're a little bit embarrassed. We're a little bit like, oh, should we be talking about this? But then we never get past that. No, I know. And I think maybe women being more... Well, I think men stop talking about it then. Yeah, making broad strokes. Oh, well, you kind of have to because... Yeah. (laughs) You kind of have to. (laughs) 
Yeah, so men aren't talking about that ever again afterwards. No. And where women might start talking with the, yeah. in a little girl group or whatever, they'll start discussing things and yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. things. And we but kind we of have don't. to because things like periods are visible yeah. and they happen every month. Whereas right. men don't have anything like that to keep the conversation going. So, yeah, right. suddenly this 35-year-old woman coming up to them talking to them about spying sperm. <laughs> you know, they don't quite... And that I get it, because, like, as you say, it's not... But I mean, it's not that you need to have the conversation about it either, unless no. you have fertility issues, because that that's yeah. the only reason that you'd probably have your sperm checked or whatever, because it's not yeah. a health issue. Um, so, yeah, that's generally the, the sort of giggly moment. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I can yeah. totally see that. Yeah. When choosing your sperm, mm. now I've heard you talk a little bit about this mm. and I just want to talk, touch upon it now because lots of people won't have heard what I've heard. So could you choose the person, the, the, the um, ethnicity, the everything? Yeah, so it's a bit like online dating in that respect where you sort of filter down. But equally you don't know what yeah but equally you don't know what you're looking for like what is the good donor if you if you don't have that element of falling in love with someone to then want to reproduce with them what the fuck are you looking for like i don't i didn't know um ethnicity yeah you can choose that again i i chose my ethnicity because i felt that was only right i don't i think it would have been a very odd decision not to well if you hadn't then you've, you've added a new another dimension element 100%. another element to the whole thing where you're exactly. like hold on i need to educate you about something i don't know about, as much about i don't know yet. about like yeah, because yeah. that's never been my history or you know i didn't have the right yeah. to do that really i can um, see that but equally i find like all of these conversations i've had i have to caveat with and again this is such an overused term now and i'm aware but it's true, it's really true, I think, in this case, of my privilege in the fact that I'm a white, able-bodied, middle-class girl. If I wasn't and I was looking for a black donor or an Asian donor, my choices would have been so heavily limited. Like, uh -huh, like so small. Um, and I don't know why that is. I don't know whether, because... My sperm bank was in Denmark, so I don't know if the cultural split there is, is let, you know, I don't know why, but I do know that I had much more choice and I could afford to do it. Well, to a point, I couldn't really, you know, I had to remortgage and stuff, but I had a house to remortgage, you know. So again, it's that whole, um, I'm bloody privileged and I'm so lucky to be in the position I'm in. Like, I'll never forget that. Whereas there are people that buy sperm off Facebook that's unregulated um, because they have to, financially they have to. And they had the same urge to be a parent as I did. I had the options of doing it down the, in inverted commas, proper channels, you know, where it's heavily regulated for screening and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so the sperm choosing it was wild because what are you looking for? And I'm the one that had masses to choose from. But weirdly now, interestingly, 
people DM me a lot now going, how did you choose? There was no one, there's no one around. This Brexit has done something with, I don't know because I haven't looked into it, but apparently Brexit has affected the import of sperm to the UK from. Oh, wow. I know. Oh, wow. The duty on sperm. I know, or something. <laughs> I don't know. But I know that some girl recently was quoted. And again, I don't know any of the internet. So this is a very generic. But she was quoted £42,000 for uh, sperm from Denmark to come over here. And to put it into context, mine was about, I can't really remember, but it was about three grand a straw. A straw. It's called a straw, which is so unfortunate. A straw of sperm um uh so yeah mine was about three grand a straw and they were being quoted forty two thousand pounds because uh, because there's a well brexit and the pandemic so obviously people couldn't go and donate so there's much less there and all this sort of stuff but yeah it's wild it's a currency i'm in the wrong game here <laughs> oh you don't get that you don't get it don't get me wrong you can't go and get and think you're going to get 42 grand you have to get something like 100 euros for donation wow yeah yeah yeah. the rest of it Somewhere... it's, it's a fertility industry it's a business yeah these people are they know what they're doing they're making money a lot out, of it it sounds like a lot of it and out of people's desperation often yeah which yeah i really on... struggle with yeah. Um, but that's the same in any medical, you know, the drug companies that are, you know, yeah. that's a whole bigger ball game. Big, of, that's another conversation. Yeah, 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 of, yeah, of meanness. But yeah, no, it's a fertility industry and there is money to be made, but not from us. Yeah. So sorry, you can't go. <laughs> can't right. go and pay off I'll, your mortgage I'll scratch that later. one off the list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll scratch yeah, yeah, that yeah, one yeah. off the sorry. list. I thought I'd get sorted in oh, a couple of, couple of weekends. Bad. No, sorry. A Co- couple of weekends, I'd be like <laughs> debt free. <laughs> Debt free. Running not in can. What? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, sorry, hun. We are so happy to have Tonka as our sponsor this series. Basic Fun's Tonka collection is packed full of fun vehicles for kids who want to get out and get tough with their toys. So dads, you've got no excuse. Grab that mighty steel classic truck. It's time to head to the sandpit for some tough play. So when you were choosing, did the thought of that male and them being a father figure, and it's, I use this term loosely in the fact that you're not actually ever going to meet them, but in your choosing, the things that they're making you choose between, uh, are you thinking, hope maybe that might be genetically yeah. in, brought oh, into definitely, my child's Definitely, because life. that's, like I say, otherwise, what are you looking for? And I didn't initially I was like oh god and I was looking at really stupid things like you know whether they play guitar or I was like oh they sound nice you know <laughs> as if it was dating you know and then I was like it's got nothing to do with it Liv because you're never gonna have anything to do with this man so whether he can play you know hey Jude on the guitar means nothing to you so um and then I started looking at familial health because our my family is riddled with cancer so I was okay. like it wouldn't be ideal if I added more to the pot if I could avoid it. So you get the genetic history of their parents and their grandparents and their siblings oh, wow. and their aunts and uncles. It's quite intense. And so I. So look, then, so then you're looking into things like diabetes. Um, yeah, heart. Uh, heart. But equally, they won't let people with too many familial diseases be a donor. Okay. 
for obvious reasons. So yeah, so there, yeah. there will be an element of good genes or whatever they are. Yeah. Uh, and but yes, that's what I started looking into. But yeah, there were things. Basically, the donor is the opposite of me. Because uh, I, I, you know, there are things I was like, trying to oh, fill, fill the gaps. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that sounds awful. Brilliant. You know, like, <laughs> loves climbing mountains. I was like, oh, Jesus, no thanks. I'll stay at the bottom of the mountain. Uh, you know, things that I was like, maybe that, because otherwise I don't, I just, I didn't know what I was looking for. I didn't, and there's no right answer. It's not That's like you press add to basket and someone at the end goes, well done, you got it right. But the thing is, as you, said before so well when when you have a partner and you you're having a baby yeah yeah it looks all good on the outside and I'm sure there's many people can testify to this looks all good thought I was getting this what did I get in the end whoa yeah it's a lottery and there is no right answer so um it was really hard but once I'd made that decision I was really happy with that decision and actually Herb can meet the donor so he's an open donor um, which is legal now. You have to have to have an open donor, uh, which is why there are so few donors oh, so in this now, country. In in this day and age, you can you have if you're going to be a donor, you have to have the possibility that that child might want to come when and they're find eighteen, you. right? Yeah, which is again why in the UK, sperm donation isn't a thing because men are understandably like I get it terrified that suddenly people are going to start knocking on the door. Um, I don't know why in Denmark it's a thing, or there's a bigger pool to choose from in the in Europe, mainland Europe. Um, there just is different attitudes towards well, parenting. Well, exactly, maybe? or or that's something that people discuss, or they know that they can get a hundred dollars for a sample, and they need some cat. You know, this who knows. Um, so yeah, Herb can meet him when he's eighteen if he wants to, and he as I mean, there's a four-year-old now. He says he wants to, but I was going to say, do you talk four. to him about it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, because um, he's not. It's not a dirty little secret to me. I don't ever want him to feel like there's something he doesn't understand, or and we have um, adoption in our family. And again, with the same thing, we've been really open from day one about that because we believed it well not me it wasn't my decision but it we just think that being open is more beneficial to everyone in the long run i'm in agreement with you i think the high rate of mental health problems that we have in our country in our generation can be traced back to Absolutely. things that we weren't taught told or talked about or, and of about, course yeah. there are caveats to that like of course i mean i I have to preface this whole conversation with this is my opinion, broad strokes, la la yeah. la. Of course, there are caveats and there are times when it shouldn't be. But for me, it was really, there was no reason to hide it from her. And so, yeah. I didn't, the thing is, I didn't think you'd ever hide it from her. But the, I think the biggest thing in this country that we come up against, and we've talked about this on some of our dad chats and, and bits and bobs, is sometimes people don't think that they should start these conversations as early. Let me give you an example, is like um, diversity and inclusion. Some people don't want to start talking to their kids about black people, 
you know, Asian people at two and three or bringing out a book that's talking about that at like for a six month old and, you know, reading that stuff. it's confusing to them when they're seven. Well, exactly. I know this. Oh, I, yeah, I mean, sorry. I, yeah, I am talking to the conductor. I get it. But, but yeah, it's, and I've, yeah. oh, I don't know how to say it without sounding like a dick, but I'm lucky uh, in the fact that my eyes have been hugely opened about that kind of discussion at a time when my son was the right and again, in inverted commas, age for me to bring it up with him. So I, maybe if I'd have had a kid 10 years ago, wouldn't have thought that was an important thing to bring up with him. Whereas now, oh, you better believe I bore that kid about things. <laughs> that he's just like, what? <laughs> Who? Why? You know, but yeah, you know, there are, it's not just nice white books with 2.4 yeah. families not even colour, but the shape of that family is yeah. really important for me that he has an yeah. able-bodied, disabled, you know, all of that stuff. Um, yeah. And there are more and more books to choose from. I can imagine her being the go-to at school, like come seven, eight years old. <laughs> Some kid going, my, 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 my parents are having a tough old time. I'm thinking they're going to split up and her going... Well, you should probably okay. talk to them about it. <laughs> all families come in all shapes and sizes. It's just make sure everyone's happy. That's what, yeah, yeah, no. So, yeah, so that's why I wanted to speak to him from early as possible. And I changed the language from whatever he can pick up at the time. But now he's four and a half. We talk about it all the time. He knows he doesn't have a dad. He has a donor um, and he speaks about it with people now when I'm not there and they feed back to me to say just so you know you know which is amazing that he gets it and he feels confident enough to say oh I don't have one of those you know with that in mind does he ever come to you and express a liking for a for a male in your in your be like oh he's really cool and and you get that father figure kind of vibe from him like oh you're thinking you're thinking of him like a little bit of a what he does is he'll sometimes say, why haven't I got a dad? And I get that. And also my parents died when I was a teenager. So he he sort of says, why don't you have a dad? Why don't you have grandparents? Why don't I have grandparents? You know, all of that kind of. So the poor kids, there's a lot for him to take on. Um, and he brings up that conversation like any kid would when they see that other people are talking about mums and dads or grannies and granddads or whatever it is siblings even um and yeah when he sees you know there's always the fun dad at the school gates or whatever and her, you can see herbs little eyes light up but he's like that <laughs> but I think that's because not so much he sees it as wouldn't it be fun to have a fun dad like that it's more he's used to it being all women at the school gates right and we're all there every day just being like oh god another day have you got your water bottle yeah great mm -hmm. you know so when fun yeah. dad comes along, it's not necessarily that it's a dad. It's that it's, it's different. It's something different. I yeah, think it's like it might not be that I may be giving him to, but I think that's what it is because he doesn't know what it's like to have a dad. So he doesn't know what he's missing in, again in inverted commas because he doesn't know. Um, like I don't know what it's like to have a partner in in a adult relationship with a child. 
her so i don't know what i miss i think i might know um, yeah you know but you have no but no i have no true, real idea and i assume idea. that's the same for him but I may be making, I mean, I'm a parent. I make sweeping assumptions on behalf of my kids all the time. <laughs> so, you know, who knows? It'll be anything. Yeah. And do you know what? It's really great. And I'll try and frame this the best way I can and explain it the best way I can. Um, you're being in an extreme situation, as in he has no dad, is a really good highlight to people who do have that capability. So there might be someone whose dad's not around or not putting the full time in or, you know, just is a little bit weak. Yeah, and, good word. Um, <laughs> and hearing that someone who hasn't got that choice, like your son, and how much it means to them and how, like, interested they are in it, I, I really hope that demonstrates to someone who's who's able to turn to up. maybe go put yeah to turn up to be there 100% how important what they what they could do is like I have a very and I don't know if it's because I'm in the situation I am I'm in but obviously I think about father figures for Herb a lot and actually I'm not sure that it's a father figure that I need him to know about so much as know that everyone around him whether they are gay, straight, single, male, female, whatever, love him. Like yeah. for him to be surrounded by people that adore him mm. and will protect him and will show up for him and all of that sort of stuff is much more important to me than the sex of that person. Yeah. But I don't know if I've made myself feel that that's right because that is the situation I'm in. Do you know what I mean? Um, and of course he's got male figures in his life. Like he's got a horrific amount of God father like five godfathers i think i've he, i've got two brothers he's got five nef um male cousins there are men in his life just not a granddad or a dad um and they all, he knows that believe me that kid knows how loved he is and i don't think he cares whether that love is male or female which to me is really important Thank God. I, yeah, yeah, it is really, really important. Yeah. Now, to give uh, listeners a little bit of context to this. Oh, yeah, sorry. When you were growing up, as you lost your parents yes. at a fairly young age. Yeah, yeah. So I was 13 when Dad died and 17 when Mum died. So you yeah. had to find other people to talk to things about. A hundred percent. So I think that that's how that's, yeah, this absolutely, that's I'm how I wrap it up. Yeah, I don't know how to say it neatly either. But yeah, <laughs> I think as long as you know you're loved and you know where you can go when you need to go somewhere, <laughs> you know, where other people would go to their parents for a Sunday roast or where, I don't know, whatever I assume people do when they have normal families. Yeah, as long as you know where you can go or who you can call or, and that there are people, it doesn't matter what shape they come in. That doesn't mean it's not hard. That doesn't mean it's perfect. That doesn't mean, you know, that is, again, quote unquote, the right way. But that's how I've had to grow up. And that's how Herb will as well. More power to you. I, I'm, I'm loving it. 
Do you worry about um, conversations everything. that? <laughs> worry about everything. But yeah, carry on. Do you worry about conversations that may have stereotypically in the past been conversations between man and boy? Uh, or may have been so for you but that's tricky because your... I don't know what that is right exactly this is what <laughs> so this is what I you... want to get into yeah like I, I don't know what that is because my dad died when I was 12 so I didn't have that um, he wasn't my friend yet do you know what I mean he's still they're still your parent when they're that age and you grow into friends as well when you're a bit older I think Again, I didn't have any, so I make such wild assumptions on things that I just assume. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't, it's really tricky. I don't know. It is, don't it know totally what, is. Like, what, did you have those conversations? What did you well, have no, with see, the, see, the thing is, with my dad, he was very much, my dad's the sort of dad I've never became friends with till your 30s. Yeah, okay. Do you okay. know what I mean? Like, like they're re- very Caribbean, very yes. standoffish. Yeah, okay. Very, like, you know, man's children man. should be seen. Yeah, man's man, totally. Yeah. Um, so there's no... There's Are there no... things that you wanted to talk to him about as a boy growing up that you felt like he wasn't there for you for? No, I didn't. I didn't. And I don't think that's because maybe my mind wouldn't have gone that way, but I think maybe too early in my introduction to things, I was given the stereotypical, you'll be all right, don't worry, go on, Come kind on, of son. thing. Go on, you'll be all right. That okay. kind of, they yes. boost you with the confidence of, you'll be fine, go keep don't going, strong yeah, lad, yeah, yeah. don't worry about it, all of that. Yeah. I think I probably fell into that way too early okay, for me okay. to then have gone, Okay, I've got a question. Uh, can I come to you? Because I was like, no, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. I'm all, right. all right. Dad said I'm all right. But yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's really tricky. But I, again, I don't know if now there are more things like your podcast where men are talking about emotions, uh, life, parenting, whatever that they might not have done before that Herb might feel he can talk to anyone. I mean, I hope he feels he can talk to me. I haven't grown up with a man and haven't been in a relationship with a man for a hundred years. So I will have to call on people to answer those questions I would have thought. (laughs) But yeah, I'm hoping he says, mum, can we speak to Uncle Stephen about this or Uncle Mike about that or, you know, but I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Even if he had a dad, he might not. Yeah, even if you had a dad, you might not. Even if you are a male talking to a male or a female talking, you might not have the answers anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's, That's it's... why I had to stop thinking so much about things like that as to, again, back to what we spoke to about before, whether I was ready or whether yeah. there were so many bloody caveats or uh, sliding doors moments or that I could go down. And actually, you'd look at my my parents when they had me and they would have thought everything was going to be fine, but actually within 12 years they died. There are things that you don't know that are going to happen. You can plan as much as, you know, so I had to sort of take all the what if moments slightly out of it, as long as the main core of uh, being a good parent and a good friend and, a you know, was was still there for Herb to fall back on. And again, to know he's loved. I just think for anyone, no matter who you're surrounded by, 
to know that you've got someone you can talk to. And that doesn't have to be your parent. To, that could be anyone. To know that there's someone you can ask anything to or you can call in the night, you know, at two o'clock in the morning when you're drunk and the police are knocking on the door <laughs> or whatever. Do you know what I mean? As long as there's someone or something. I think that counts for a lot more than any of the other caveats we can put into place about parenting or perfect scenarios or, you know. Yeah. I don't think there are any. No, there aren't any. We're I hope there it. aren't any. There aren't. There aren't. You're all good. I'm screwed good. if there are. I really hope <laughs> there aren't any. But yeah, we'll work it out. I want to talk about mental health now because you brought it up just now and men... men talking about it more i assume again no no i think they are talking about it more. what i see they're definitely talking about it more I, I would definitely agree with that the problem that we're having and having something like Avengers, it's getting the other men who maybe would benefit from talking about like it. me going in the daily mail yes it's that it's getting in it's front of those echo people. chamber otherwise yeah, yeah yeah for sure echo chamber and i'm finding that getting out of the echo chamber is all about the mums really yeah the, getting getting heard by the men getting them actually involved is is through the mums and how A are they doing that they're being taken like say we do dad walks okay yeah, yeah. so I, down the road uh once every week, Saturday, we meet up for dad walks. Yeah. The first three weeks, I'm talking, mums were dropping off their partners with oh, their really? kids. Amazing. Like, Here you go, Nigel. Yeah, here's take, one. Take this one. Take this Bring one. Bring him back. Send him back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or listening to the podcast or, you know, they get a little okay. little gift yeah, from yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because I don't think we're, we're out there searching for it. Because we, we're all right. We're, we're all, all right, good. Gov. We're all right. We're all right, yeah. lads. We'll be fine. Okay. I'm not going to go looking for help because I'm all right. Because I'm all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't cry. I'm fine. That film yeah. didn't affect me. <laughs> yeah. Do okay. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So, but that it's taken like, hmm, it took about a year to figure out that all 90% of the people that get brought to this community are from their wives, dropped or off. Partners, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah partners, yeah. whatever. Whatever. Even like your mum might suggest it. Hey, son, you're, yeah. you're struggling with the baby right now. Check out Nigel and Dad Benjes. And that people good. like um, uh, Rob Beckett and Josh uh, Woodyerman, yes. yeah, and yeah. things like that. And again, and um, Rosie Ramsey yeah, and Chris Ramsey. Too. You know that kind of them being so open about yeah. the day-to-day reality of being partners and parents and you know yeah and see I think that's really important that men do see that that's okay like you can say please help me or I'm really struggling I really struggle like I said earlier that it's often so focused on the mum and don't get me wrong it's hard and yeah we're <laughs> the ones that have to get the baby out and it is I suspect much harder for us but yeah. for example, my sister was in my labour with me. Yeah. And it wasn't a great labour and it went on for years and blah, blah, blah. Um, but people can have nice labours. 
FYI, everyone listening, I just wasn't <laughs> one of those. Um, and my sister really struggled with watching someone she loved in that much pain. And she left the ward and called her ex-husband to apologize, to say, I didn't give you enough credit for how awful that was for you. And I'm really sorry. And I think that's the thing is, yeah, it's for women, but men aren't sailing through that. I've, you know, and yes, everyone comes and they focus on the mum when the baby's born and things. And dad, you do this, you do, you know, and all these things that I assume people are doing when there's a dad or father, whatever there. Um, and that's freaking hard when they're broken too. You've highlighted something so important because if, if a mum is going through something and has had a traumatic birth or is feeling down afterwards or feels like they're not bonding with the baby, you know, all of the things that can happen, those things rub off on a man. And 100%. it doesn't matter whether they're feeling it as, as, as viscerally. intensely yeah, yeah, 100%, or viscerally. Yeah, 100%, I agree. They're still feeling something and, and that leaves marks. Yeah, no, I really agree with that. And I know that's ridiculous fate coming from me, really, because there, were no, there are no men in my life apart from my son. Um, but yeah, I can really see how that would happen, how not be, how the focus of something so um, part of your partnership, the baby that you've created together is just on one person. Um, and yeah, don't get me wrong, I needed it. I needed all that attention. <laughs> and I think if I'd have had a partner, <laughs> I'd have really struggled with people giving him any. Um, yeah. But yeah, I can see how that, yeah. And my sister saying that to me about calling her ex-husband to apologise. I was just like, Christ. Wow. You know, and it's Good on her for doing it though. Oh, absolutely. Well, she was standing there in floods of tears because it was just, it had been going on for so long and I was clearly, and I'm crap with pain. So I would have been really dramatic about it. And I suspect it was really boring and awful to watch because I'd have been so dramatic. Um, but yeah, it really affected her. And she was just like, I have to tell him because that's she'd had three children with him and I think had thought he'd just sort yeah. of sailed through it. It was all fine. Um, <laughs> no, he didn't. And no, he guess what? Never he, told you. And he's a he's a really emotional man, you know. Um, yeah. And yeah, I I never thought to ask him how he was after the kids were born. Yeah. Do you look after your mental health? Mm, not as much as I should. And like, weirdly, I, so I didn't realise that my parents dying had affected me until I wrote the book, which is frigging ridiculous because of course my parents dying when I was a teenager affected me, but I'd convinced myself so well for so long that it was fine, that I hadn't realised how it was impacting, like, the reason I think I'm single is because I won't let people come near me because they could leave. You know, I don't want to go through that heartache again of someone I love leaving. You know, that as far as I'm concerned, that's what people do. So I obviously started doing that when I was probably 18. And of course, my first boyfriend left me. Of course he did, because he was my first boyfriend. Like, that's what happens. But that was a year after my mum died. So... Bam. So that just so bam. And then effect. that just kept happening. And then my grandparents died. And then 
my next boyfriend and I split up you know and, and there was that until I was like 22 people just kept leaving or dying or whatever and so I now can see that I would never go on a second date so you realized that when you after you wrote the book when I was and then 42 years old you realize I've never been on a second date never been on a second date and I just didn't put two and two together about that's what I was doing until I read the book until uh, I read the book and the publishers that said start from the beginning and why you think you're in the position you're in I was like oh I don't know that and I was like oh shit maybe I do oh, this wow. is awkward. the thing is this is becoming a recurring thing so we had Matt Edmondson yeah Radio 1 DJ yeah, on yeah. the podcast and he thought he was fine his dad took his own life oh. and he thought he was fine with it thought he was cool fine, with it totally fine fine yeah, totally, totally fine, fine. Dad went dying, to see fine. a therapist went to see a therapist suddenly all this stuff started coming out another um we had another guest gary anderson yes. who lost twins um after they were born oh, 14 God. years i'm all right 14 years he was all right supposedly yeah. then broke down and found yeah. out oh I'm, I'm not all right i'm yeah, no shit, definitely I'm not, not all right, right. Yeah, mine wasn't even through therapy. That's the and I asked my sisters because my both my parents died because they were poorly, so we knew it was happening. It wasn't a tragic accident or anything. So we went through that kind of suspended, anticipated grief before they died. And mum was in a hospice, and I said to my sisters, "Did the hospice not sort of offer me any psychological help?" Um, and this was back in the nineties, so things were a bit. But and they were like, "Of course they did live." But you convinced them you were okay. You were okay. And I was 17 years old. And you're like, nuts. It's nuts. Then no wonder I managed to convince myself I was okay for 20 years. Um, and then you just begin to function like that. Yeah, I function. I could talk to you for ages and ages, but I need to ask some questions from the people who've sent some in. Okay, right. So I have got one here from Charlotte... Uh, 27, who says, how much have you had to rely on support and help from friends and family? And is it more or less than what you expected? I absolutely could not have got through the first year without my family. Um, so for example, both my sisters were in the labor with me and then they came home and stayed with me for three weeks, um, which I think is more support than most women with a partner and would have um and they they were both parents of like teenagers and 20 year olds so they were professional parents and so I felt totally supported the whole time and I because my birth had gone on for so long and it was pretty traumatic I don't know if I would have been as okay as I was so quickly if they hadn't been yeah. there to help me recover and by recover i mean sleep like yeah that that That's was the what one. that is what helped one. me they would take the baby for a whole night to yeah, let me sleep. sleep for one night yeah yeah and that Which could recharge you for like five days a hundred percent and still i found parenthood for the first six months unbelievably tough like i had no concept it would be that tough it blindsided me entirely um, and that is some from something that I wanted so desperately. That blew my mind a bit, the sort of juxtaposition of wanting to be a mum so badly and it being so tough. Um, 
and whether I'd made the wrong decision, you know, and of course I hadn't, but parenting's tough. And I, and as much as you hear it, you don't know it until you're in it. Um, so yeah, I rely on my friends and family all the time. I've got one here from someone, I'm going to leave them a non because they would, they didn't want to be um, rude when they were asking the question. So I'm just going to leave them as a non. They asked, how do you cope financially? Uh, honestly? Okay, so uh, I'm rubbish with money. I've always been rubbish with money. And I think that stems from being given money when my parents died and not being explained to what that money meant in real terms. It wasn't like millions of pounds or anything. No, but, but it's... It was more than a thousand so anything more than a thousand pounds to a 20 year old you have no concept of what that means because you've never worked you buy an island with a thousand pounds at 20 come on now like yeah uh so i always just sort of thought money would be there so i've always been shit with money so i have to caveat that this with that um and then i had to so i bought a house when i was in my 20s and i've always worked and like massive mortgage on the house but bought a house then I remortgaged the house to get pregnant. And to obviously there was no one bringing in any money when I was on maternity leave. So I had to have that money covered too. So yeah, so I had to remortgage to pay for the treatment. So I had to give myself a limit of how much I'd spend on the treatment wow. and the um, maternity leave. So I'm already starting from the beginning in debt essentially and then I go back to work school I'm back at work he was five months old I think five no yeah five months old and then childcare and mm. our childcare system is broken and yeah. I'm not helpful luckily I'm a bull in a china shop so I didn't look into it properly before I had him because otherwise I wouldn't have had him because if I'd have looked into the logistics and the actual financial um implications of it i wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't have had him um and so i got into such sort of financial trouble that i had to sell my house um mm. to pay off my debts that childcare had sort of added to my initial debt and me just being crap with money there's a question we ask all of our guests and you have to hear the question as well. And the question is this, if you could have a dad superpower, and I'm not saying a parenting superpower, a dad superpower, what would it be and why? Okay, so I'd like two. Go for it, exactly you can right. have two. It's typical you, me, you get two. I just need more, <laughs> give me more. Um, so the first is I want more hands. Nice. Because. How many? Six? Eight? Oh, mate. I mean, I'd <laughs> settle for two. But yeah, if you're going to chuck eight at me, I'm, I'm here for it. I get four things <laughs> like o child Octolive. Octolive. Octo She's special. <laughs> uh, for things like childcare or just there's so much stuff to do all the time. I just need more hands. And okay. possibly more time in the day. But yeah. That's and, the first one. Yeah. So, and the second one. It's really dull, but I just want Herb to never have to worry There's nothing dull about, about that. anything. So whether that be, I don't know, having 
I don't know, travel anxiety or worrying about paying his mortgage or whatever. I, I would like to have the superpower to erase worry from his life. Worry or angst. Where, where do you think that stems from? <laughs> no idea, sir. <laughs> don't know what you mean. How very dare you? Yeah, 100% stems from me. 100%. But yeah, I would like him to not have to ever worry about anything. Well, with an element of a bit of worry, because otherwise he'd be bonkers. But yeah. Oh, I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean. No big worries. Yeah. Two good powers. I like your choices. I love your choices. That would be ace. Thanks. I'll speak to someone. (laughs) I'll speak to someone in the Dan Venger's ranks to see if we can muster up a couple superpowers for you. Love it. I love it. Thanks. Liv, thank you so much for thank being you. here. Thank you. Very and spending much. your time. Have a lovely afternoon and I'll see you soon. Bye. What an interesting and inspirational guest. What I loved about that chat was just seeing things from a slightly different angle. It just opens up your whole perspective. So there you go. Another episode done. But what did you think of it? We would love to know. Leave us a review or a comment on Apple Podcasts or on social media about this episode or the series as a whole. And don't forget, if you want to be first to hear brand new episodes, make sure you subscribe via your preferred podcast platform. To find out more about Dadvengers, make sure you head to our website, dadvengers.com, where there is information about our live chats, our dad walks, our blog posts and more. We'll see you soon. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.